0: I'm here. Can you uh, hear me?
1: Yes, we can hear you loud and clear, Bishop. There was a little issue on our end, I guess, and uh, Cheryl's going to sit down and join me as well. First of all, Bishop, thanks for taking uh, time to be with us today. It's always nice to hear your voice. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fine. I'm uh, kind of keeping away from crowds as much as possible because I'm, I have multiple risk factors, so I, I'm. it's not that I'm not busy. I've been busy around the clock <laughs> trying to communicate with everybody and and get things uh, get things in order, but I'm doing fine.
1: Oh, that's good. Good to hear. And um, how about yourself? How oh, are you doing? We're well, Cheryl and I. You know, we we isolate at home. We drive over here. We're here in the sta- station by ourselves, so it's kind of like we're we're nothing really unusual for me here because it's the same uh, same routine that I usually have.
2: Although he's he's letting me help him, and I'm afraid I'm going to break something. Yeah,
1: well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch that. <laughs> no. But that's, you know, something, Bishop, first of all, you did release uh, a statement last week, and I know there's been a lot of questions about it, and people have, you know, interest in, in, in what's going on. If you could just kind of briefly outline where we are right now in our Church. We know that there are no public Masses being said, and we know that the directive that you put out regarding the Easter Triduum, that's going to have an enormous effect on, on the faithful. So maybe just maybe talk a sure. little bit about that.
0: Well, how about if before we do that, we, uh, we pray together a psalm, which I think is very beautiful and appropriate.
1: Great. Let's do that. Would
0: that be okay? Absolutely. Yes. Sure. It's, it's Psalm 46. It's one of my favorites, and I'll, I'll just read it to you prayerfully. God is our refuge and our strength an ever-present help in distress. Thus we do not fear. The earth be shaken and the mountains quake to the depths of the sea, though its waters rage in foam and the mountains totter at its surging. Streams of the river gladden the city of God the holy dwelling of the Most High. God is in its midst. It shall not be shaken. God will help it at break of day. The Lord of hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob. Come and see the works of the Lord, what he has done, fearsome deeds on earth. Who stops wars to the ends of the earth, breaks the bow, splinters the spear, and burns the shields with fire? Be still and know that I am God. The Lord of hosts is with us. Our stronghold is the God of Jacob.
1: Amen. Beautiful song. Amen. Beautiful, Bishop. Thank you. And uh, that is the key, I think. You know, sometimes we, we tend to get so involved in in all of the other aspects of the current situation, but, but prayer is at the heart of everything, and that was a beautiful way to begin. So thank you for doing
0: that. Absolutely. And, you know, the first thing I would say to everyone is try your best to remain calm uh, as much as you can. Be calm in this time of uh, upheaval. In the time, I mean, everything is upside down, topsy turvy, and we've got to do our best to keep calm. It's not easy, but I think that we have that faith in God that He has not abandoned us, nor have we abandoned Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we can uh, we
1: can see through this.
0: I I often say to the folks, the Lord's got our back, and
1: He certainly does. Amen. That's so true. It's his gift. Yeah. Well, I guess part of that, of course, Bishop is—is is, you know, people. I guess feel uh, that, that we are thirsting and hungering for our, our especially the Eucharist and, and, and the Mass, and, and everybody's routine is just so out of order. And, yeah, that's true. And to to see and hear, you know, even even, and it's thanks be to God for media that we have the streaming video that we have from various parishes and yourself we're broadcasting the Mass three times a day now here on the station and praying the rosary. Oh, that's
0: great. That's
1: wonderful. That these are available to people, but but it is it is something that is unprecedented, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, it is. It's, uh, we haven't seen anything like this uh, for a long time, for over 100 years, more than 100 years. I know at one point in the city of St. Louis, as they faced uh, uh, a terrible epidemic, uh, you know, they, they had the same... Uh, situation of of closing their churches and uh, it's, that's always a painful thing to do uh, and uh, so it, it hasn't happened certainly for a long long time and even in the United States it didn't happen as widely uh, as it's happening now hmm.
1: and this is something uh, that the not just the bishops here in New Jersey but you've coordinated I, I would imagine and spoken with the bishops in the surrounding states as well
0: Well, I I would say I really have—I've only had uh, contact with the Bishop of Scranton, Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. who he and I were in the seminary together, so we know each other and uh, talk to each other all the time, but this has given uh, a a different flavor to our conversations. Uh, But everybody is facing the same situation, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, all— 195-plus dioceses in the country have come to the same conclusions and have made the same decisions. Mm. So it is affecting us. With the bishops in New Jersey, the, the great bishops of New Jersey are uh, are in constant contact with one another. You know, any messages that we we issue for the faithful, we share with one another, so that, uh, you, you know, in unity there's strength, and we're trying to to maintain a united front as we we try to help the faithful and try to serve the faithful and encourage them uh, not not to give up, not to give in, not to lose their spiritual sense of things, uh, but to, to keep uh, keep moving forward. I, I try to say to people, you know, this is yeah. I I don't like the expression. Well, this is the new normal because it's not the new normal uh, unless you want to add the word temporary. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: To me, it's just the new now. Right. And that's the way that I would look at it, because um, all indications are uh, that this is temporary, although it might uh, still be a while before we can get back to our normal way of life. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You know what, I'm, I'm hearing you, Bishop, and the first thing that's placed on my mind is when you said unity, as we know, crises brings people together. And I bet even the interaction with you and the bishops, you and the priests, there's probably more communication than what we knew as normal things. Um, I know even myself, I'm on the phone physically talking to a lot of people. It's not just a quick text or a quick email. There's, There's a lot of connectivity. Even though we can't gather and be geographically close, in a way, it's bringing people together Before all this happened, or or it was just about to break, it was the night before we knew New Jersey was going to um, issue these closures, and you can only do takeout food or or delivery orders. So it was the last night. People went to a few restaurants, and, and I was one of them. And we were kind of calling to each other. It was a small little dining room, and, and it was a Japanese place of, of all places that very quiet. You know, they're very, very quiet. They don't even play music. But here we were, like, shouting across the room, how are you guys doing? Well, I came over to New Jersey to, to buy liquor because in Pennsylvania the liquor stores were closed. And, and we're making light of it. And somebody said, "It doesn't this feel like the Last Supper? I mean, here we were— and under any other circumstances, you wouldn't be shouting across the room in a restaurant as if we all were fast friends.
0: Sure. This, I, I do think adversity and stress and anxiety, when it's shared by everyone, it does have the effect of, of bringing people together. Like you say, even if we, we are not physically together, we're certainly together in mind and heart and spirit and soul. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I'm finding, uh here I'm down at uh, in Point Pleasant uh, right now and I've been here for a couple of weeks for 2 weeks uh tomorrow and I will continue to be here um at, at the uh, at the residence here in Point Pleasant mm-hmm. but I know even before Governor Murphy placed the uh, uh the stay at home order the executive order that he issued um going around town going shopping or going to the drugstore or what have you. People just seem to be nicer.
2: Yes. Yes. They, they
0: seem to be greeting it. I can't tell you how many people said, how are you doing? Of course, yeah. a lot of people down here don't know who I am. <laughs> I am uh, not walking around with my miter on.
2: <laughs> but, You're in uh, your spring but, break uh, wear, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, as far as they're concerned, I'm one of the guys. That's you know, right. One yeah. One of the neighbors, but, uh, uh, I, I I do sense sense uh, uh, more friendliness at least uh, uh, a few days ago. You know, you know. Actually, what this reminds me of is the feeling that
2: uh, I had
0: and what was in the air after nine eleven.
2: Mm, agree. Uh,
0: and I, I was in Washington at the time, living in Washington, and from my uh, front porch, I could see the smoke. Rising from the Pentagon, and I had seven thousand young people uh, that I was responsible for at that time, and to keep them and they were they were wonderful, they were just so cooperative and so attentive um, but in the days after that, just walking around town in Washington, you know I, there were armed SWAT teams walking up and down the streets. <laughs> And there was just a strange feeling in the air, an eeriness.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, same, you know. I was here in, as bishop. I was here in New Jersey at the time of Hurricane Sandy, and going around with the state police and, and the team from the governor's office at that time—a uh, strange, eerie feeling, as well. You know, the uh, so much with this pandemic, with this coronavirus, mm-hmm. is really unknown. Mm-hmm. And so that is, uh, I think, uh, causing people a lot of anxiety. They just don't know. And, you know, you hear so much in the media, you hear so much in the TV, you read so much online or in the newspapers. And honestly, sometimes you you have this feeling you don't know what's true, you don't know what's what's right, you don't know what to believe. And so you just have to presume that our public officials, especially our public health officials, are giving us uh, good advice, Mm -hmm. and uh, so far I think that's true. They certainly have.
1: Uh, Bishop, you know, the the people are looking for answers, as you say, but on a spiritual side, uh, people are searching and looking, I think, in a lot of areas, I mean, in the end times, the end of the world, and and the devastation that's coming, and the punishment from God, and all these different ways of looking at it. What, What do you say to the people who are listening regarding the what is—and there is a spiritual side to this, too. There is evil in the world, obviously. So what do you say to people listening who are maybe going to those extremes and, and looking for answers in other places?
0: Well, I think extremes are, are always to be avoided. Extremes are never helpful. Uh, and so I think that's something that, uh, that I'm conscious of. Uh, I think at times, like these, uh, people are have a sense of their own— Mortality, that they're not going to have life forever on this earth. Uh, Certainly, life as we know it, it's changing and it does change and it will continue to change. And so, I think it's a wake up call,
3: Mm.
0: uh, a a wake up call for, for all of us. You know, in my own mind, and this is not something I'm not pronouncing this as doctrine or anything like that, but it's just my own reflection. You know, in, in, in the past several decades, you know, we have basically been saying to God, well, we're going to do it our way, mm-hmm. you know, with, with, the, with the abortion uh, that we're facing, the lack of respect for life, the euthanasia, which is promoted, both of those things legislated. Uh, you know, and communicating to people, well, it's okay, this is the law, you know, the the way that we are looking at family life, uh, sexual morality, any number of things. Um, You know, we're choosing. You know, we're choosing these things. And we're saying to God, we're going to do it our way, the way that you're proposing to the church. We're not going to listen to that. We're going to prefer our own way. And maybe every once in a while, God says to us, okay, you want it your way? Have it your way and see what the consequences are. Mm. Now, now I, I, again, I want to be clear to people. I'm not saying that as, uh, uh, as something that uh, people should think about or believe. I'm just saying it's what's in my thoughts sometimes uh, in these days. Well, do, uh, do you see what I mean? You no, know, Sure. There's always,
1: there's always that side of it. I, and, and, you know, I, we were—in fact, Cheryl and I were talking this morning. I, oh, no, I'm sorry. I was talking to my sister. We were texting back and forth about God's permissive will you know, that, that God certainly doesn't desire things like this to happen, but through His permissive will that these things do happen as a result of, of mankind, you know, whether it was 9-11, or not that this virus is man-made, but that these types of things, you know, God allows it for a purpose, and I, uh, through His permissive will, and that uh, uh, always, it seems, to bring about a greater good. And,
0: yeah, and that's, that's That certainly is the hope. If people are praying more, they're more open to God's Holy Spirit, if they're reflecting on on human mortality, and our need to remain close to God, to draw close to God in whatever way we can, uh, you know, there is something coming out of this. There's certainly certainly good uh, coming out of a, a bad situation, so, and that does happen many times in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's a, it's catastrophic events or just events that are. Natural happening like the death of a loved one, sickness, enduring sickness of, of people we care about, other things in, in, in our experience, you know. It makes us realize, you know, that, uh, that maybe it's not all up to us. That maybe there is uh, something more, something bigger than ourselves and that we should be attentive to and open to. And that is God's presence and God's work in our lives. You know, Jesus carried the cross, Mm. you know, suffering. Jesus died on the cross, okay? God didn't abandon him, but rose rose him from the dead. He rose from the dead. And so there is triumph that can come out of tragedy, and we certainly hope that is the case here. You know, you you asked me, Jim, um, uh, for kind of a breakdown or a little description of, Mm-hmm. Of, of what we are uh, doing mm-hmm. in the diocese, would you like me to go through some of those yeah, things? Would that'd be helpful. That would
1: be helpful. I think the people, so they can they can hear and why. You know, they always look for reasons why. But I know you. You, I saw a very thorough uh, statement to your brother priests that you wrote uh, regarding all of this, and and I think it's important for the people here, especially as we approach Easter. And now we're understanding that the Triduum will not be public publicly celebrated, and, and this is something the people need to know how it's going to be done, and why it's going to be done the way it is.
2: And one question yeah, well, that did come in, well, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to clarify that, um, and I, I think it was a misconception that, all right, Holy Week will come, but for the Diocese of Trenton, we'll be focusing on you and your celebration of these High Holy Days in with whatever adaptations need to be made, but will they also be celebrated by the parish priests? So that that's a simple sure. thing, but go through I your— I can
0: answer that very quickly. Mm -hmm. Most of our parishes in the Diocese of Trenton have either live stream or video uh, accessibility. And so many of the parishes this Sunday, the priest celebrating the phrase that's used in uh, liturgical circus mass without a congregation. Uh The priest celebrated that ritual without the congregation of the same mass and, uh, you know, consecrated the species, the body and blood of Christ, uh, and uh, offered prayers for the people, and that will certainly continue. Um, they During Holy Week, the bishop always plays uh, a preeminent role as the bishop of the diocese, and so I'm trying to provide for those who wish, uh, you know, live stream uh, of the the great events of Holy Week, we begin with Palm Sunday. We're not going to do the chrism mass as we usually do at this time, because the Holy See and the Holy Father has given have given permission that we can postpone that and have it at another time. Mm-hmm. So we can bless and consecrate the sacred oils at another time. The priests together can renew their priestly commitment at another time. And uh, once this is passed and once they are able to gather again, uh, that will be celebrated. But it won't be during Holy Week as it usually is. And then you move to Holy Thursday, Good Friday, the Easter Vigil. We've we've made some adaption adaptations uh, in those things. And again, we just don't do them willy-nilly or arbitrarily. We're doing them because the best evidence that we have about this virus is that we shouldn't be together. We shouldn't gather together in groups and put one another at risk. And so uh, Palm Sunday will be celebrated in parishes, and I will celebrate it uh, here, live stream. Palms will be blessed, uh, but there won't be a congregation present in the parishes or where I will be celebrating. Um, I've asked the pastors to make sure the parishioners know the time for the live stream, and for the events of Holy Week, the Holy See has asked us not to pre-tape on Sunday, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, the Easter Vigil. So when they are celebrated and you see it online, it's the actual live celebration. Mm
3: -hmm. Uh, And
0: again, not every parish has the capability of live streaming, but many of them do. And on our diocesan website and monitor website, we will list all of the times and places where live stream can take place. I will be doing a live stream, <laughs> excuse me, from the neighboring parish uh, to where I live at St. Rose in Belmar. They have, uh, they have uh, created a live stream capability in the church, and so that's where I will uh, celebrate The Holy Triduum and the the events of of Holy Week. I was going to um, to broadcast live stream from the Chancery Chapel. It's a very small chapel in the Chancery, um, but that would require me to be driving back and forth. It would require me to have other people present, you know, technicians and the camera people and the sound people. And I just, I just. and feeling uncomfortable given everything we're being told right. about driving back and forth a couple times that week. And so I will go to St. Rose Church in Belmar. Monsignor Arnister is pastor there, Christopher Dayton. Father Dayton is the uh, curate there, and we will celebrate and con-celebrate together uh, those Masses, and, and the times for that will be posted. The Once we get into the Triduum, which is certainly the most intense Liturgical celebration of the year. Um, we will again adhere to the decree in time of COVID 19 that was issued by the Congregation for the, D- the Divine Worship and uh, approved by mandate of the Holy Father for only for this year. Um, and they have to be live streamed. You know, it's interesting, the Holy Father uh, said that the Paschal Trim cannot be transferred to another time. Mm. Uh, many bishops were wondering about that, if it would be possible to move it to a time later on in the spring uh, after things settled down and we we're able to, to gather again. But the Holy Father said, no, it can't be transferred. And so we have to do it at the time that's scheduled. Again, Holy Thursdays, no gatherings inside or outside of church, uh, nor in cars or however people are are, are moving right now. and mm-hmm. um, as I said, the live stream broadcasts will be live, not recorded. Uh, I will celebrate it, a mass without a congregation, and, uh, but we won't have the washing of the feet anywhere. The Holy See has asked us not to do that, even if we just have a very, very small presence of people with us. It cannot be done. Mm-hmm. The usual procession with the Blessed Sacrament, which is always so beautiful and consoling, uh, carrying the Blessed Sacrament to a place of repose. Uh, that is to be omitted. That won't be occurring this year. The Blessed Sacrament will be kept in the tabernacle as usual. Uh, for Good Friday, again, no public gatherings inside or outside uh, churches or what have you. And it, this is what I, I don't think people are getting this. You know, well, we won't be inside the church, we'll be outside the church. Now, mm-hmm. that's not the point. Right inside or outside, there's no gathering. That's the the biggest issue in all of this, is not to have groups together. The the Good Friday uh, commemoration of the Lord's Passion, again, will be celebrated by the bishop without a congregation, or in the parishes that have capability,
3: uh, and
0: uh, it will be celebrated uh, pretty much as normal, Uh, This celebration will continue. The Holy Father has asked us to make sure there's a special intercession for the sick and the dead and those who feel lost or dismayed or upset. And so the diocese will develop that intercession to add to the ones that are already present for Good Friday. You know, handling Holy Thursday, the liturgy, and Good Friday, those two liturgies will not be, uh, you know, too different than they ordinarily be, other than the fact that a congregation isn't there. Holy Saturday is a little bit tricky, because there's so many moving parts to the liturgy at the Easter Vigil, but again, no gatherings inside or outside uh, for Easter Vigil. Uh, it'll be celebrated by me without a congregation, and that's pretty normal, but again, instead of the cathedral, where I usually celebrate over at St. Rose in Belmar so that we can live stream it. Um, there will be no preparation and lighting, blessing of the Easter fire. The Holy See has asked us not to do that. We'll light the Paschal Candle, and we'll recite the Exultat, the Easter proclamation, and uh, the Liturgy of the Word, the readings will take place as normal. The baptismal liturgy, however, there won't be people to be baptized because you can't do that.
3: right? Uh, and so
0: the baptismal liturgy will just be uh, the renewal of the baptismal promises. And certainly as we sit at home and watch uh, this, we certainly can then renew the baptismal promises. Maybe a symbolic or small amount of holy water will be blessed as part of the ritual. However, no, no uh, holy water fonts will be filled. They'll all remain empty. What we'll do for those who are catechumens or candidates for reception into full communion, uh, you know, those sacraments, they receive baptism, confirmation, First Eucharist, uh, or those who have been baptized already but have never been raised in the Catholic faith to be received into full communion, that's going to be postponed, and it will be rescheduled once the restrictions are lifted. Uh, And so we won't have... Uh, baptism and confirmation and uh, First Holy Communion on that day. But we will have it. We'll celebrate it and celebrate it fully. It'll just be moved to another liturgical uh, context. Easter Sunday morning and Easter Sunday day, again, no public gatherings inside or outside churches and cars and fields. I'm getting all kinds of questions about this. I'm I'm almost laughing to myself. I'm saying... (laughs) The priests have too much time on their hands. They're coming up with all kinds of crazy <laughs> possibilities.
2: Gee, so you could do it at the drive-in movie theater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, most the uh, Easter
0: Sunday mass, morning mass, will be celebrated by the bishop again without a congregation. And those parishes that are capable will live stream and announce the times. Um, uh, and that, that's a very good thing. So, so at least the opportunity to participate and to make a spiritual communion. This is an old tradition. I remember growing up, Mm -hmm. people talking about that if you couldn't get to confession or there's some other obstacle to make a spiritual communion. And so those are are kind of some possibilities. Mm -hmm. The Apostolic See, the Apostolic Penitentiary, has also issued uh, the opportunity for a plenary indulgence. And as you know, a plenary indulgence is uh, remission of all temporal punishment associated with sin, uh, and uh, the usual conditions will apply for that. It's granted to everybody who has the virus, everybody who's caring for people with the virus, people who work in hospitals, nursing homes, anybody who has any connection whatsoever, especially those who are under quarantine. Mm-hmm. And they will uh, that will accompany. What, what will accompany that is the intention to receive it, the prayer, the, the, the creed, uh, the uh, Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Glory Be, uh, for the intention specified for the intention of the end of the coronavirus and the, the comfort of those who have it, and the usual conditions need to be fulfilled, but the Holy See is very, very clear in saying, uh, since we obviously t- uh, can't go to confession on wide scale, and Eucharistic communion is not possible. Um, the will, the will to uh, go to confession and the will to receive the Eucharist and making a spiritual communion, that suffices to receive the plenary indulgence. And we make the uh, also the commitment to go to confession as soon as possible. You know, there, there used to be a time period, right. uh, you know, 20 days, sometimes seven days, but that, that is not specified in the decree from the Holy See. The will to receive these, uh, these great uh, blessings, and uh, you know, as soon as possible. So that's, that's something that's a, it's a very nice opportunity. And it's available to everyone uh, at this time. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Bishop, you mentioned confession. We did have a couple of questions about that. Can you, sure. can you just explain why there's no general absolution and people who have intent? As you say, I think the intent to go to confession—you can't fool God. I mean, if you you make every 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 uh, honest intent that I will go to confession when I can, that 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 suffices in, in a sense for the time being, as it has to. Sure. Well, what
0: I've, what I've told the priest is, you know. Every, you know, we haven't eliminated confessions. Uh, people are still going to confessions, but you're just not having a big crowd. You're not having a penance service like you have in Lent or Advent, uh, because that defeats the purpose uh, of the restriction. We're trying to, as they express the flatten uh, and break the back of this virus. And you can't do that if people are gathering together. Right. And the fact of the matter, even with people who are tested, they're tested today and the the test is negative, tomorrow they may contract the virus because they contacted someone uh, over that next 24 hours uh, that has it. So I mean, you just have to be so, so careful. Uh, And I told the priest, you know, where and when possible, uh, using good and valid, you've got to have validity here to this sacrament, and they can determine the manner uh, to make confession available but not assembling crowds indoors or outdoors and trying to observe that social distancing, even when the sacrament is given, you know, some priests, what they've done is uh, they'll sit in a pew rather than in the confessional and they'll sit six feet from the penitent and they'll have the confession there.
2: Right. Uh, And,
0: you know, it's not like in the old days, you know, where you'd have, lines going to confession every Saturday. Mm-hmm. that was That's just not happening. But in, in whatever the, in the judgment of the pastor or the priest may be, you have to administer the sacrament, you have to make the sacrament available in ways that do not violate the integrity of the sacrament, while at the same time protecting the health and safety of the confessor, mm-hmm. of the priest. Right. And that's why social distancing is important. Tim, you, you mentioned uh, general absolution. And general absolution, it's it's described pretty carefully in canon law. It's reserved for the most extreme circumstances. We're not in that extreme circumstances. Uh, although people certainly, uh, the, the, the virus, the pandemic, uh, can lead people to danger, most of the people who contract it Recover, And so we're, we're not dealing with the same type of extreme circumstances as you would at wartime or in some other uh, context. Mm-hmm. So general absolution uh, is not to be practiced in the Diocese of Trenton. Uh, and you, ha- you also have to realize for general absolution, for the validity of it, you're presuming the physical presence of the faithful. Uh, you're presuming that you give general general absolution to a group. You don't give general absolution to an individual. Right. Uh, in the same way, individual sacramental confession and absolution it presumes the physical presence. You, uh, you know, the priest can't just walk out into his backyard and uh, and make a blessing in the air and, and uh, you know whoever's breathing the air at the time right.
2: <laughs> forgive oh. the whole township, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: I mean we don't do. An exception would be made like in hospital wards, Mm -hmm. where the priest would walk into the hospital ward, people are unconscious or what have you. Uh, But in general, uh, this uh, this general absolution that we speak of, um, this is where a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it presumes the physical presence of the faithful. Mm -hmm. And I'm not authorizing the use of
1: it in the diocese
0: at this time
1: no but, but you, are, time you are they, you are giving time each, they
0: come, but not this
1: time you are giving the pastors the, the, they make the decision regarding confession in their parishes then
0: yes how to do that but again they don't open the doors for confession and all of a sudden you have 50 or 100 people and it defeats the purpose of why they're doing it
1: right, right. well we saw okay. a drive through we saw a drive through it was on yeah. the notice, so
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't want that yeah. i don't want that happening in the diocese yeah. one parish told me they did it on saturday and they had four penitents come. Oh. So obviously it's not something that that people are uh, flocking to. But I just don't think it's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I as, just don't think. Absolutely. You know, if we, if there was no other way to go to confession, right. that would be different. Okay. But there are other ways to go to confession at this time. Um, and, you know, the Holy Father and the Holy See has given uh, instructions, about this sacrament and celebrating it, and uh, even if not the ordinary way, how we can do some extraordinary ways uh, to confess our sins. Uh, but general absolution is not a possibility uh, at this time, and I want to emphasize, at this time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, it's come up a couple times. Actually, several priests have asked me about this. Can you go to confession over the phone? You know, and, mm. you know, and just, that, you know, <laughs> dial one for a mortal sin, right. yeah. two for a sin and then go into the list. You know, that's yeah. that's, that's not a possibility. Yeah. Again, why? Because the principle in sacramental uh, law and doctrine is that it, a sacrament presumes presence. And you're not present over the telephone. You're talking over the telephone, but you're not Physically present. You know, you can't just, you can't, you know, I can't sit here in the living room and baptize people without the water, and the words. Mm-hmm. I can't give confirmation without the chrism, and the anointing, and the prayer of the candidates. I can't ordain a priest uh, by saying, okay, here comes, here comes Deacon Joe. I'll ordain him uh, from a distance. You know, that's it's not possible. Sacraments presume presence. Mm-hmm and physical presence, and that's why this idea is going around rapidly about phone call, confession, it's not possible. Now, could the Holy Father change that? Absolutely. But he's very strong and very clear that that's not the case right now.
1: Right. And Bishop, regarding the distribution of any kind, of, in any manner or form of, of Holy Communion, that just isn't happening, right? Or is it? It's
0: not happening where they're gathering that's the thing we're not gathering we well we don't have mass but we'll gather everybody to give them communion. That, you know you don't you're not creating an alternate mass okay there's a restriction and the restriction is placed and the restriction has been mandated and it's in it applies to everybody uh, at this time so so for people lining up to receive Holy Communion or gathering in churches are open, gathering in the churches. It's defeating the purpose of this Mm -hmm. and uh, of this restriction. Again, we're we're not only considering the spiritual health of people, which I have is my primary concern. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a public official. I'm a bishop, Mm -hmm. and I have a region that I've been entrusted to and a pastoral care of the faithful, uh, and I can't do that and put people's physical health in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's people are being very creative, and uh, I'm saying be creative, kneel down, say some prayers,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and make a spiritual communion, mm-hmm. and be attentive to uh, watching the Mass, you know, uh, on TV, and, right. and celebrate it reverently. Mm-hmm. I saw some beautiful pictures, Some people, some of the faithful in the diocese, were sending me, texting me over this past week. But the whole family gathered around the television and watching very reverently the mass. And actually some young people texted me and said how beautifully they found the occasions, and it did bring the family together. Yeah. Um, you know, the idea here is when you, you know, sit down in front of the TV with a donut, <laughs> a cup coffee, and, you know, and you're up and running in and out. Right. And, you know, that time of mass, that's live-streamed and presented, that's a time, like any other Mass, where mm-hmm. you need to be attentive, listen to the readings, say the prayers, and, uh, and treat it as though you're at Mass. Mm-hmm. Although you can't receive the Eucharist, you make a spiritual communion. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. I read, you know, you could light some candles, go a little early to prepare yourself and get in the right mindset. You're, you're not sitting in your recliner smoking a pipe you know, you're even pulling... Or in up... my
0: case, a cigar. <laughs> oh, okay, all
2: right. But, I mean, there there are ways to do this, and, you know, I grew up with the phrase, offer it up, offer it up. All this is yeah, happening during Lent, and uh, we're we're sacrificing so much, and I hope it, it wakes up those, you know, we're preaching to the choir here. They're the faithful. They're the ones that always tune in. They're, in many cases, daily communicants, if they can. I'm hoping this broadens and reaches those people who are, are maybe questioning or on the fence, that like 9-11, everybody of every faith was running to worship sites, to churches. St. Patrick's was spilling over at the seams. Now we can't even run to those churches. Hopefully it's being planted on their brain that, by golly, when this is over, I am going to go to the church, and that they stay Absolutely. there. That they stay there.
0: Absolutely. And the Holy Father has said, you know, if you can't go to confession because of the lockdown, or some other serious reason at this time, go to God directly, he yeah,
3: said.
0: Yeah. Be specific in your prayer about your sins, request pardon, and God will forgive you. Return to your Father, he said, mm-hmm. and God of tenderness will heal you. Yeah. We'll heal you of the many wounds of life, the ugly things that we have done, and everybody has done them. And that uh, the, the, the thing is to to make a good act of contrition, an honest act of contrition, Really trying to be uh, a sorrow for your sins, to make a firm purpose of an amendment, and to promise that as soon as you can go to confession, you will go to confession. Right.
1: That's coming from the Holy Father. Yeah. Yes.
0: And, and so uh, it's uh, something that we really have to be attentive to.
1: Mm-hmm. Bishop, what about accessibility to the churches, not for liturgy or anything, but just accessibility to the churches and or adoration?
0: Well, I have not closed any churches uh, and I have encouraged the priests a couple times to leave the churches open at least for a period of the day when the faithful can can be can enter the church not in groups of a hundred, not prayer groups, not rosary groups, not any groups mm-hmm. but as individuals to, to, to be there. Uh, what we have decided to do and it was only yesterday or the day before, is the adoration chapels. We've decided that maybe it's not healthy and uh, too risky to leave the adoration chapels open, Um, and so we closed those down. They're smaller chapels, so the dangers is more uh, prevalent there that people are going to be sitting closer to one another. Uh, We've asked that the churches be open, and the Blessed Sacrament is there. You know, the Blessed Sacrament doesn't have to be exposed be adored. The Blessed Sacrament is the same inside the tabernacle and outside the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And so for people to go into church, uh, that's, a, that's a possibility. Now, some of the pastors have said, excuse me, some of them uh, have said because there has been such coronavirus in their towns, in the neighborhoods, that they really want to close their churches. And I said to the pastors, that's a decision you have to make. You're on site. You're in these towns and places, so you know what the dangers are. You know what the risks are. Uh, if you decide to close the church, then you you have to close it. You have to make that decision. Uh, but again, you know, the, that doesn't shut off the possibility of personal, private devotion and prayer. Hmm. And, you know, we, you know, we've been told that uh, you know, that you're supposed to stay home.
3: Yeah, right. Okay.
0: You're supposed to stay off, off the highways, and unless it's an emergency situation, or you're in one of those categories, mm-hmm. one of those categories that uh, that the governor uh, listed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so Bishop... uh, some churches may be open, and some may be closed. You know, mm-hmm. there's a danger. It would be really easy just to say, close all the churches.
2: Right. Right.
0: right. But now the way that it's up, I'm leaving that judgment to the pastor who's on site. He can—he's he, in the best position to make that. And mm-hmm. to be prudent. Is, you know, some are open, some are closed. You know, right. oh, Father so-and-so us the church open, but Father Father Joe closed his church. Yeah. You know, Father Joe's a bad actor. Mm-hmm. Father Father Bob is a saint. You
3: mm-hmm. know, yeah. Yeah. You,
0: know I, I, you want to try to avoid that. And I said to the priest, as much as we can be together in these things, the better it is for the Church. Right, right.
2: right. And I would say— temporary,
0: and this will pass. Yeah. And right now, in the season of Lent, this cruel—I'm calling it a cruel season of Lent—you know, we, 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 have, we have something huge that we're being asked to sacrifice. Yes. And that's receiving the Eucharist and receiving the sacraments as we ordinarily would. Those are big things to people. And, you know, the decisions to do this are certainly not made lightly. Right. I'm, it's funny, I'm you know, with all with all of the um, with all that we're hearing from the CDC and and public health offices, there are still people out there that are denying that this is real, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know that just blows my mind uh, that they that they're not taking this seriously. Yeah, you know, it's it, it is a serious thing. It's not a joke.
2: Right. And it's right. not
0: something you should blow off easily. It's mm-hmm. Something you right. got to we've got to pay attention to because this is the situation uh, that we face. And there have been pandemics and plagues and all kinds of things throughout history. Uh, And people have had to respond as best they can.
2: Uh, Right. So So I I think uh, ultimately for the for our people, you know, you want to tune into the news to get the latest directives of what you know the cdc is recommending the the department of health are recommending and then check your parish website how are they complying what what are they offering check the diocesan website stay in touch with ewtn vatican news sit home and turn on your radio
0: yeah there there's there so many very good uh, opportunities and, and you folks uh, at the domestic church radio i mean you're talking about this throughout the day you're You're giving people very good information Uh, here in the diocese. We're posting as much as we can. Whatever we post in the diocese, I'm asking pastors to make sure people have the information as well. Right. So that's important. Another thing that we didn't touch on were uh, baptisms and weddings and funerals. Funerals. Um, And uh, I've asked that baptisms be postponed Uh, as far as weddings are concerned. That oftentimes is being taken care of because the venues for the reception are telling people they they can't have the receptions right because so so you know without the reception uh, people are just calling and saying well we'll we'll move it to another time so that we can have uh, the church sacrament and the reception together at some other time right and that, that that's the reasonable thing to do uh, we're not we're not promoting. Any weddings, even weddings without reception, uh, again, because how do you say to people, only your mother and father and the and the uh, the two witnesses can attend? Right. I mean, that's not going to satisfy people. They want to celebrate uh, their wedding, and they should be able to, but they'll have to do it another time. Funerals are a little tricky. I have said to the priest, uh, if you are going to go forward with a funeral mass, and you know, actually. Prior to this time, I mean, the, the numbers are declining for weddings and funerals and baptisms. Mm. So, uh, but the funeral mass, if if that has, if that you have to have the funeral mass, that the funeral mass is the only immediate family. Exactly. And no more than 10 in the church.
2: Right. And, and you could again, always have a memorial mass in the future for all those people who, who might want to come. we do.
0: Yeah. And also, the, the you know, what's being recommended is... Uh, uh, Go to the cemetery and bury the dead, and have uh, the committal, the prayers of committal, either the deacon or the priest, whoever is designated, can do that, and then just tell the people we'll have it. We'll have a beautiful funeral memorial mass later on. Good. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you can't pray for the dead in the meantime, and the priest can, can st- certainly offer his private mass for the souls of those who have died. But uh, and, and there can't be a gathering at the cemetery either. There's a little bit of discrepancy in the information that we're getting about this from uh, from state officials about uh, cemeteries and burials. You know, the governor said it was one of the things he mentioned. You know, he's he, no funerals, uh, and so that's uh, that's something. But in the church, we uh, we have an ability to to make some determination. But again, the bottom line is crowds.
2: That's it.
0: Numbers of people. You know, there's no public penance services. Mm -hmm. There's no public benedictions. There's no public stations of the cross or anything that presumes a crowd. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, folks, again, at this time, please keep that in mind. This is temporary. This is not a permanent thing. Right. At this time. Parishes that have food pantries, and there are many, uh, or food kitchens, you know, they've got to make sure that they follow all the all the uh, requirements of the CDC, the New Jersey Department of Health, and so on and so forth. Only takeout packages are to be offered. There can be no soup kitchen where you go into a building and you have 100 people sitting there mm-hmm. having soup. And there's no indoor meals.
2: Right. Uh,
0: and also, you want to avoid crowds and mm-hmm. lines. Yeah. You know, the social distancing thing has to happen. I went the other day to a, a place, of, what do you call it, uh, Joe Leone's. I'll tell you where what it is down here at Point Pleasant. Wonderful, wonderful uh, place. And uh, just a great, Joe Leone is a great, a great Catholic man. But uh, people were lying down the street, standing six feet apart, and only a few were allowed in the store at the same at the same time. Good. Mm-hmm. So they're taking this very very seriously. Oh, sure.
2: Well, that's the best way to go, Bishop. And we thank is. you so much for your calmness. You brought my blood pressure down. You know, <laughs> I just try to stay calm and relax and don't get too agitated. And and that's good. You are shepherding the way we can right now. And not not everybody's happy with it,
0: and not everybody agrees with it. You know, there are people who are saying you shouldn't do this, it's too much, and all of that. Well, you know, I'm the bishop, and right. it falls to me to make decisions mm-hmm. for the good of the faithful, for the common good, for the spiritual good, and also to have a mind and an awareness of the, the physical health and well-being of the faithful. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things that go into my making these decisions. Sure. Our schools, uh, originally we closed them till April 3rd, and today we made the decision we're going to move the date back to April 7th. But to be honest with you, I think the date's even going to be pushed beyond uh, beyond that mm-hmm.
1: date as well.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've been clear or, you know, do you think
1: I've touched?
2: Very clear. I think
1: system? you have, Bishop, and we thank you for that. And, again, you know, anything you need from us, you know we're here. Uh, you need to get on and talk to the people. Let us know. We're happy to, to open the mics for you anytime uh, and share, thanks, but, thanks uh, you know, again, I think, and also, I, I'm going to put, a, I know this is something that you know, doesn't want to sound greedy, but the parishes are needy, too, because people aren't going to Mass, and they still need to be supported, and I'm just going to say to to the listeners, you know, as we do here, you know, we, we won't need your support. I know things are tough and, and, and uncertain, but uh, my goodness, we need to have this spiritual nourishment, and your parish home needs you now, especially. Um, yeah, and you
0: know, this is a very good point, Jim, because you know, and I've been a little hesitant to mention it, but, you know, without the faithful in church on Sunday, we depend upon the contributions of the faithful to keep the parishes going, even to keep them going in a time when, uh, you know, they're they're not operating as normal. This is going to have a devastating effect on parishes and certainly on the diocese as well. So, we're trying to set something up for online donations to be available on yeah. our website. And I know a number of the parishes have that already. Organizations like you, who are doing such a great job at keeping the faithful uh, uh, aware of, of the best of our Catholic faith and devotion. I mean, you're, you're taking a hit as well. Yeah. We, you know, we, the time is like this when so many things are not available we have to be even more conscious of being generous. And I'm hearing from a number of parishes, people are sending in their contributions anyway, even though they're not able to attend Mass or receive the sacraments as they had hoped. Beautiful. But people are good. And people are good in generous in general. Our Catholic people are are wonderful people. And so hopefully that they'll they'll support their churches, their diocese, their parish uh, organizations Mm -hmm. like yours, Catholic Charities, Mount Carmel Mm -hmm. Guild, why all the things that we uh, do throughout the year to, uh, to be of genuine help to people and most often to people who are really in need.
2: Right. So you think all throughout the year, all those organizations have helped all of us in the community. Now it's our turn to turn around and help them a little bit.
0: Yeah. you know, it was very interesting. You know, after Hurricane Sandy, which was, you know, such a devastating thing for our state, I mean, just some of the things that I saw are burned into my brain. You know, I'll never forget some of the experiences of Hurricane Sandy. Uh, you know, but people pe- people really responded well. And I remember talking to uh, some of the folks over in Catholic Charities, and they said some of the people who donated to us so generously, all of a sudden we're seeing them in lines for food. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You know, and that how how the times. But again, throughout this period, you know, no good decisions are made other than when you're calm and you try to be at peace, and it gives you the opportunity to make the best, most well-thought decisions. For us, you know, faith and patience, uh, I said the other day, they're good partners, and when they work together, faith and patience, you're going it's going to lead you to love and to charity. And that's really the command of the Lord, you know,
3: yeah.
0: love one another, and that's we see it at times like this, and we have to do everything possible. And what we're doing in the diocese, we're doing out of love for the faithful, uh, to protect them, to help them, to to try to eliminate this threat, so that they can continue to uh, to worship and to practice their faith as they become accustomed, and they will. This will pass. Mm-hmm. And we will be back uh, stronger and better than ever. What I'm hoping is, you know, our, our inability to receive the Eucharist right now will build up inside of us a deep hunger. Yes. So that when we do receive the Eucharist, you know, we'll be purified and happier and more satisfied and more grateful than ever that the Lord is
1: present in our midst. Amen. Amen. Well, Bishop, again, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, and God bless you for all you do, and and uh, just just stay stay at peace and be calm.
0: Yes, and just a, just if I can say a little prayer that I love, I sure. say a million times a day. Mm-hmm. O oh Mary, Mother of Divine Love, protect and lead us to the heart of your Son. And if I may, uh, the blessing of Almighty God the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you all and remain with you forever and ever. Amen. Amen.
1: Bishop, thank you so much. Thank you. you. God bless. Take care. All right, you you too. too. And friends, you stay. uh, Well, no, don't stay. We're leaving. But Crest is coming on. Run a little late today, but that's okay. Uh, But I'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. We have uh, Doctor. Uh, joining us from the Catholic Medical Association, and she's going to talk more about the physical aspects, the myths, and the facts regarding the corona, coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So.
2: But how beautiful for the bishop to get us grounded. I'm going to go home and mark Psalm 46. I encourage you to do the same thing.
1: All righty then, and uh, you have a great rest of your day, friends. God bless you.